I hit my bottle of Coca-Cola on the mic. <laughs> it's another, diet, it's sugar-free. A diet, another Euro Coca-Cola blunder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. Jules. Let's go again. <laughs> De Bruyne, oh sweet De Bruyne. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Friday the 18th of June. The day is finally here. It's time for England v Scotland. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Luke Moore. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome along. The day is finally here. The day we've all been looking forward to. England v Scotland later. Come on, boys! <laughs> I'm so buzzing. Did you do it as a half Scottish accent on purpose then? Was that half? <laughs> you kind of sound a little bit Scottish. Come on, boys! <laughs> boys! Boys! That sounds like when that girl from Little Mix tried to do that accent. Barnick Barnick Yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait for later. You're, I'm so, You're working I'm so the game, excited. though, for someone else, right? Yes, but, I am working for Australian TV. They hate England. They all want Scotland to win. What's right. that sandwich you're... Hawken, what is the hot sandwich? The hot, hot, hot beefy boy. Oh, part, of, <laughs> part of Brecky Rat. <laughs> Brecky Rat. Oh, yeah. oh, I was the, like, the name of the show. It's not a sandwich. I know. It's sponsored by a sandwich, isn't it? Hungry Jack. Hungry Jack. Hungry Jack. There we go. It's like Aussie Burger King. They're isn't doing it? great out the of us. Beefy yeah. bap. <laughs> yeah. But Jules, I think if any person could take on the entirety of Australia on their own, big enough England, I think you could do it. Yeah. yeah. I'll take you could wear on. your English shirt. I wore it the other day yeah. um, for the Croatia game, but we've got Karen Cardigan tonight, so okay, I think right, she's right. coming full kit. Fine. <laughs> said she was good. So any more on the TV enough. show that people in the UK literally yeah. can't watch? <laughs> literally, no one can watch. <laughs> watch the highlights Although, on Twitter. Yeah. A... There's a lot of Aussie ramblers. Yeah. There are. There, there are. are. And they are as respect. W- they are as welcome. They are slightly less welcome than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're a week into the Euros, though. More on the England Scotland game coming up a bit later. We're going to do a big preview of that towards the end. Uh, but we're going to talk about yesterday's games first. A week into the Euros, Belgium yesterday. I thought second half. Once De Bruyne came on, were absolutely brilliant, Pete. Yeah, I mean, I, I think first half, certainly first before, before the kick-out at 10 minutes, I thought everyone was so amped, like Belgium forgot yeah. to put the ball out. It was all a little bit confusing. Obviously, a great finish from uh, from Poulsen in, in the second minute. And yeah, they, they did look a bit messy in the first half, but yeah, they, once they uh, once they started calming the heck down and uh, they, they've got a hell of a lot of uh, uh, reinforcement from, from the bench, they've got some incredible players to come off and uh, yeah, come on rather. And uh, yeah, they, they really put in a performance before fitting their their uh, their position. The the um the occasion was obviously really tricky. It's emotional, right? wasn't and it? I know that the old the old cliche that, that managers say to players in big games like play the player sorry play the game not the occasion mm. is really difficult in this situation, right? Because I think you know a lot a lot of the Belgian players, particularly Lukaku who I know is a close friend of Ericsson and his family, would have found it really, really difficult. Um they knew that Ericsson physically was very close because in that hospital right across the way from mm. the stadium, could hear the stadium from where he was. Mm. And what the Danish players had had to go through and, and what the whole of football had gone through more broadly was a really difficult thing to manage. And and so it's not... I don't want to attribute what happened in the first couple of minutes to that because it's not the first time we've seen a mistake happen in this tournament and mm. it won't be the last one. No. Um, but it really did set the tone for the game and, and mm. it was really like a case of what was going to happen here. You know, and Denier, who, who made the error and then kind of completely lost his mind trying to atone for it by just doing everything you shouldn't do, um, <laughs> was was that was obviously regrettable from his point of view. But... In that situation, who do you want to come on? You want the man to come on with like ice in his veins, who can who can 
play any, basically just not emotionally react to any kind of situation. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not suggesting that De Bruyne doesn't care. I'm sure he does, but he doesn't play like he does. <laughs> he plays like he, he, he wants to win at all costs, and he was the perfect man to kind of settle the ship for Belgium. Who I think, when they're put under pressure at the back from a better team than Denmark, might not be able to handle it. And I know they've got Witzel to come back. Should be a big um a big um bonus for them. But to me, they look a little bit dodgy at the back. Yeah, I think defensively that's what's the suggestion really from what we've seen so far from Belgium and even leading into the tournament that may be what could be their downfall in them going all the way and, and winning the Euros. But just on the whole situation surrounding Ericsson, it was an incredible outpouring of love in the tenth minute, wasn't it, Pete? It was so great to see this because the entire stadium just completely stopped. And bear in mind, it was just five days ago mm. that Christian Eriksen suffered cardiac arrest on that pitch in yeah. that stadium, probably with a lot of those same fans there. You know, a lot of you know everyone that was in, involved in that in terms of the Denmark players were all there on the pitch again. So for them to stop in the 10th minute, and of course that 10th minute was because of Christian Eriksen wearing the number 10, it was just quite quite emotional to see all of that, wasn't it? And yeah, and, and seeing like, I mean, the players going in the same dressing room that they've entered, I mean, two or three times now, I guess, because obviously they went off and, and came back and they spent a lot of time in the stadium because because of what went on uh, five days ago. It, it, great credit to, to Denmark. They probably, you know, there's probably a good chance because they've only lost by uh, one goal each time. They might get through with, yeah, with, with three. A there's a very they good had chance. They had a lot of chance so. in that game, didn't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they, did. they, they were really good. And, and, and like you say, I think um, Martin has, has a lot of limitations as, as a manager. And I think setting his team, this team up uh, defensively uh, might be one of them. It's dogged him, isn't it? His career, mm. setting up teams defensively. But like when De Bruyne came on, I don't know if you guys have, have you seen Breaking Bad, Jules? Yes. You know when um, when Jesse has to go down to Mexico and sort the lab out and, <laughs> because they can't get the best pure meth. Like it's like and there's a one brilliant scene where they say, "Who are you, it's Jesse Pinkman?" He goes, "I'm the man they brought in because you couldn't get this done." That's Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> is, coming it? on the pitch, uh, just change. and the goals were of such great quality. Oh like amazing, Belgium's goals were of amazing they quality. Really Once they started lumping, like ceasing to lump the ball up to to uh, Lukaku and just sort of go, "Shall we play Lukaku like he's best played, like with so, the ball at his feet?" So good. That talking has our goal mm. when Lukaku starts running towards the goal oh yeah the, did you see the Belgium uh, the, sorry the Denmark centre half goes chasing after him goes to slide tackle him and completely misses him <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Lukaku just went nah <laughs> piss off mate at, at his best and those who watch Italian football much more closer than me will say that he's been somewhere near his best this season mm. he's unplayably good yeah. mm. like he, he's, he's got everything in his locker I know people have questioned his kind of absolute top level technical quality which I kind of understand but when he's on form, he's impossible to deal with. Mm. He's just so difficult to play against. That, and that then what that... he does, sorry, Pete, he, he just, he just, he almost just takes on a whole load of defenders on his own, creates mm. so much space. Then the, who do you want operating in those little spaces? De Bruyne, right? Because mm. he can really, really hurt you. It yeah. wasn't just, you know, it's not just his finishing. It's not just his strength, his intelligence, but it's also his movement off the ball as well. And we saw that in the second goal. Because mm. when you actually watch Lukaku in the build-up to that goal, it's it's because of his movement why there's so much space and why De Bruyne has that space to run into mm. yeah. and has the time that he has to, to just forensically to... slice I, it past I mean, the keeper. Wow. Which, which goal did you prefer? Well, the second goal was like a tapping, but it was miles out. <laughs> like, he made it look like a tapping, but yeah. he was like 20 yards out. I think the, incredible, I really. think it would have been, the first goal would have been improved only by Hazard jumping over the ball and Carrasco hitting it. Yeah. That, would, yeah. that would have been lovely because like, he's waiting Like there. an NBA where they do an alley-oop and one misses yeah. and the other one comes in. That, that, that would have been amazing. That would have been best goal of the Euros ever. They were both brilliant goals. Both really, really good goals. And um, th there's no question 
that Belgium, with these players returning it um, to, to fitness, Witzel will be really important. De Bruyne can start playing full games. I'm not sure what kind of the status is of his injury, but presumably at some point he can start playing an even bigger role. Mm. You definitely can't write them off going forward. They're very good going forward. But the problem is Vertonghen looks so creaky, so creaky. And um, with respect to Paulson, who I thought took advantage of that mistake well and took his chance, and it was a great way for them to start the game. He's obviously capable, but he's not a top level forward. Mm. Mm. If if Vertong, I've don't, I've never really been that convinced by Jason Tanai of what I've seen of him. People may say he's had a good season at Lyon. I haven't watched French football as closely as some. To me, he's never been that convincing. And Vertonghen and Alderweireld, their best years are behind them, right? So I thought Vertonghen in particular looked quite creaky. So if they go up against someone really good, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot because it'll be you attack, we attack, you attack, we attack, and then it depends what side they come out of. Mm. But then they're not as good as France. They don't look as good as. As I said yesterday, end of level boss Italy, um, <laughs> who just thought oh, they could just destroy you and then you know, <laughs> steal your wife on the way out. Um, I, I think I think they're they're a good team to watch, but and they did well to turn it around in quite a difficult occasion. But to me, they're not going to go all the way. I don't think. You feel it's now or never. They got, haven't they got the oldest team in the in the. In the I believe they're certainly oldest squad, maybe. Yeah, uh, definitely the older level of of, of, of squads in the, in this tournament. So I enjoyed the game though. I thought it was oh, I, I thought it was it. an interesting mm. occasion, and I thought the respect shown to Ericsson was amazing, and and it's really cool to see the football family kind of circle around him and, and show their support because everyone kind of sees it and is horrified by it. De Bruyne's so. celebration after the second goal, he sort of did this yeah. thing with his hands and yeah. and I've not seen him do that before. Do you think that was a bit of a sign of respect? Yeah, I think so. Kind of go to or, or just calm the hell down, Bern, or just, Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> You're being bad at this. I thought, I thought at some point I was worried he was going to start doing the um, Jamie Vardy eagle <laughs> <laughs> in front of the Crystal Palace fans that time. Yeah. Oh, it was brilliant in the commentary um, as well. Robert Dunn pointed this out to us on email. Clive Tilsley at one point described Kevin De Bruyne as being as cool as the other side of the pillow. Yeah, nice, and, and yeah. I, I've, got, nice. I've got like an ergonomic pillow. So you can't turn it over? Oh, uh, that is just poncy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not expensive. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> no. That sounds really posh. No, you just, it's just, it just fits in the crook fits of your little neck. neck. Is yeah. that what you need for an old neck. man? Well, you, you have to ask an old man, Jules. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that feeling, though, when you know it gets really warm and you just think, you know, I'm going to flip, flip it over. Oh, like, it's, it's, oh, there's nothing better. Really I'll sometimes leave, a, I'll have an identical pillow on the floor. This is only the half live. And I'll drag that on to get the cool pillow. That is... Have a go at him. That, no, that, I like that. That's mm. ostentatious. That's, you I don't know how cheap that. my pillows are. Yeah, fair it's enough. All... It's an old cans in a carrier bag. <laughs> <laughs> your backpack <laughs> yes. in a bus shelter. Oh. What, um, did you, did you, have, did you, you struggle particularly badly sleeping in hot nights, right? Yeah, I don't like it. It's kicking horrible. off, weren't you? Kick it was kicking off. off in the WhatsApp group, wasn't it? Kicking off. I just, I just know I'm in for a bad night. Yeah, how about you, Jules? You prefer it warm, right? Um, Not too warm. Yeah. In the winter, I'm a, I am the coldest person, so I like to proper snuggle up. Right. But in the summer, oh, it's too hot at the moment, isn't it's it? Too hot. Struggles. It's too hot. Just bet, get a fan though; it sorts you right out. I reckon De Bruyne sleeps in a cryo chamber. He doesn't get worried <laughs> about that kind of stuff. Uh, big win for Belgium. Then Netherlands also winning yesterday, two beating Austria by two goals to nil. That means that they join Italy and Belgium in the knockouts with their second win. Look, Dumfries has had a great tournament so far. I know we've only seen two matches already for the Netherlands, but he has been so good to watch, hasn't he's, he? He's been the very definition of swashbuckling. No, no, 90s alternative hip-hop New York City rapper uh, Denzel, Denzel Dumfries. Dumfries. <laughs> it's a great name. It's an amazing right? name. It's a name. It's the best name in the tournament. And I'll not, I'll, listen, the people are welcome to send their suggestions in, but to me, there is no better name. And what an engine on him, by the I way. I quite mm. like Wout Weghorst. Wout Weghorst is mm. good. It's a good and name. He, and, he's, and he looks like Wout Weghorst. He looks, he looks <laughs> like he would be called that because he's so big. big. giant lower Saxony oh, yeah. number nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. But Absolutely. yeah, to be fair, it is a good name, Denzel. 
or Dumfries. Um, he's just been he's been great to watch this tournament, and I think that having a player like him in the Netherlands side will always cause a little bit of trouble for whoever they're up against, Luke. Mm. Yeah, and I also think it's worth pointing out that Memphis scored a goal for all of Andy Brassel. Didn't they? <laughs> I, I thought he was going to. Everyone has to think of Andy Brassel when Memphis Depay does anything, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, he just yeah. loves him. And Andy, Andy's like uh, when Joe Cole went to Lille and started dressing like Rudy Garcia. Andy yeah. likes to dress like Memphis during a tournament. <laughs> so it's all fur coats. I don't, and, tr- uh, I don't trust uh, Andy's recommendation anymore for Turkey. Oh Turkey's yeah, absolutely. He's, he's let everyone down. There, he's, he's let football he? down. <laughs> yeah, he has let everyone down, tipping up Turkey. But um, I thought Netherlands created an amazing atmosphere, didn't they? Yeah, looked like mm, a really nice atmosphere there. Fun. Austria again, looking like they flatter into deceive at a tournament, even though they've got good like they, individual players. They had plenty of opportunities to do something, but they just did absolutely. But all they had, they were a possession. They were a real possession side in this match, and the, it it, gave, it got them absolutely nothing. And there has to be some blame laid at Anatovic for, for for doing what he did in the previous in the previous match. Also, David Alaba playing centre back seems a bit of a waste. Really, he's such a yeah. good player; like, he doesn't really seem to be able to get involved, and, even though he and tries. Wearing to. the number eight at centre back—it's weird, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. I, I'm not really happy with that to be honest no. I, 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 I like Delit come back Delit coming back is a really important thing for them like he, he he almost like completely transformed the entire sort of defensive line I don't think I've seen a player ha- be, I probably have but I can't think of one off the top of my head so he's just 21 I think he sees danger better than he sees danger as good as, as well as some of the really experienced Italian centre-backs that we've talked about a lot mm. For a kid of his age, he's really, really good, and he and he, and he can and you can tell he's such a top level pro because he he genuinely improves the players around him as well. He's not just focused on what he's doing, but him being so good and being able to see danger so well means he can really um, improve the team uh, in a more kind of broad sense. So a big bonus for them. I, I've I've it's going to come back to haunt me. I think how heavily I criticised Frank de Boer going into this tournament. <laughs> I think they might actually do something which will be <laughs> disappointing. But um, yeah, I, I like the Valve course, the um, Memphis Depay thing up front. Nice little big man, little yeah, man. I like it. Little throwback. Mm. Frank DeBoer has actually been overlooking Weghorst in recent months. He said, Wout can be an arsehole on the pitch, but especially for the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to be described as an arsehole, but then maybe Wout likes that. Well, you should hear what Pete says when you're not around. <laughs> <laughs> um, Valve Weghorst looks like he would be the local warlord in like medieval Europe. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Behind Austria's high line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just standing on top of their turret, their castle wall, his sword in the air. You let your drawbridge down, sillies. <laughs> yeah. He's a man mountains. Great to see. Yeah. Did anyone else spot Ronald Koeman in the stands, presumably pining after Jeannie Wijnaldum oh. still? <laughs> Ronald had a dig at the boar as well, didn't he? What did he say? He said, um, I'm so- before this game, <laughs> uh, talking about the Ukraine game, this is so Dutch. Mm. Ronald Koeman, when asked about his own national national team, mm. uh, he said, I am surprised by people's positivity. <laughs> we only won 3-2 on Monday and Ukraine isn't a team who will go very far in this tournament. <laughs> sticking, the, sticking the boot right in there. It's true though. They were 2-0 up in that match and mm. Ukraine managed to come back and make it to it. You know, I think they probably learnt from that coming into the second match. Although, as we've pointed out, really, Austria didn't give it Enough, really, did they, Pete? No, and 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 you sort of think this is—they've been gifted a pretty easy group, you yeah. would say, in the grand scheme of things. Like, but the Netherlands were listless at times; they were shapeless. They 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 they, they just knocked it about a bit, and obviously they they're, they're going to um, score goals against the Austrian side when the Austrians play so high. But yeah, I I I, I, it, I know, Luke, you said that um, you think they'll go quite far, but it will be in spite of 
them actually trying trying well, I think, anything. I think they'll do it to spite me. That's, that's, that's what they'll do. Well, they're through anyway, so it doesn't bloody matter. The Dutch fans will be delighted with that. They're into the knockouts with Italy and Belgium. For the lowdown on the Euro's big contenders, uh, we have got a latest episode of On the Continent out now. Dotton and Andy are joined by Nicky Bandini, David Cartledge and Lars Sivertsen to talk about all of those suave Italians and Golo Conte's um, ridiculous performances of late and Spain's lack of a striker as well. It's available now to listen on Football Ramble Presents, so find it in your podcast app. Hold on, please, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Gary, hold on. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Coming up, we're going to start talking about England-Scotland in a bit. But first, it's time for this. Ian Hester has got in touch. Behrens Bestupilser is uh, the place that Luke was talking about in Reykjavik. I hope they get a shout out because the staff are super nice, even by Icelandic standards, and the hot dogs are delicious. Is that the level of email we're getting today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot all dogs are nice. That's all we got. Some for broadcasters you. are able to cut through and <laughs> speak directly to the nation. <laughs> no, you, you mentioned Icelandic hot dogs, and you people want to. You must have been there, no? I've, I've not been. been I've had a hot dog in Iceland because this seems to be the only thing they sell. Nah. They, nah. They, they, they do those amazing soups where they just hollow out the bread. Right? Sort of oh, the San Franciscans. I thought that was a Hungarian thing. Might yeah. well be. It's all over the gaff. Might well be. But the, um, the the hot dogs, he's right to say the hot dogs down at the docks are amazing. I, I had loads of tweaks about this. Uh, really? Yes, I think, hot I think dogs down the docks with Luke Moore. It's not like it sounds. Uh, uh, one thing I forgot to mention as well is that they have amazing sauce on it that, yeah. you it that I've never really seen before. It's kind of like a really it's sweet... Plain. Mustard. Which, yeah, like mustard, but much sweeter. Right. Uh, it tastes a bit like, I don't know, like someone's mixed in. Sugar and Coleman's. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. No, no. But I would recommend it. If you ever find yourself down the docks in Reykjavik at night <laughs> <laughs> on, your, on your own. Like, Grab hungry. yourself a sausage. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned the, the bread and you fill it with the soup. Yeah. Is it? Mm. I don't think there's anything better than using another food item as a like a, a bit of crockery. Yeah. Like yeah, when okay. you have a Yorkshire pudding and you yeah. fill it with a sausage. Roast dinner. Yeah. Just a sausage. That doesn't work. Yeah, toad in the like hole. Toad in the, toad in the hole. hole, mate. Yeah, toad but like one single sausage across it, like a clock. <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> God, how big's your Yorkshire? <laughs> yeah. or, how Massive, small's your, or how small's your sausage? <laughs> yeah. A more pertinent question. <laughs> yeah. uh, show at footballramble.com. Keep your emails coming in and also tweet us at footballramble. I was going to say that what would be nice actually is to hear from people listening who are been have been to some of the games talking mm. about some of the food on display. Yes, oh, yes. we have talked a lot in the past about the twenty-five yard long pick and mix at Dortmund, for example. Yes. You know what's happening at these international stadiums? What kind of food do people eat? What food are the Welsh fans eating at Baku? Yeah, That's what in I a post-COVID know. world. Yeah, well, quite. I want to know what's going on. So mm. do yeah. get in touch. Indeed. All right, another game from yesterday. Ukraine beat North Macedonia two-one, which means North Macedonia, unfortunately for you, peaks. I know they were one of your favourites coming into this. Yeah, they're the 
first country to be eliminated. <laughs> I like, uh, look, you tipped I, them to win it, didn't you? I do not like to patronise, <laughs> but uh, I like the shirt very much. And, you know, I've enjoyed the the fullback uh, Stefan Rostovsky's uh, I Can't Hear You official Euro 2020 um, picture that he's been taken. Like, that's his main picture. He's sort of doing that. <laughs> Oh, going, nice. Hi guys! Oh, pretty, I can't hear you. He's like, mm. this is high fashion. You wouldn't <laughs> get it. Yeah. <laughs> but something I've noticed with their, with their first goal. Something I've noticed in football is that if your goalkeeper is in the net, it's very hard to keep the ball out of the net because <laughs> the keeper's that, in the net. Is that, a dig, is that a dig at David Marshall? Again? <laughs> <laughs> Any digs at David Marshall are good for me. Well, on today, today's show, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, they very much defended that first goal, <laughs> like they are the lowest ranked team in the tournament. But I don't think if you go into a match warming up the way they did. You've got much hope. <laughs> Did you see? It was like Tony Adams was taking the training session. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The corns in the balls. Yeah. I mean, what are they doing? That was, they must have thought we are going to look like twats. Don't, yeah, don't do that on the pit. On the, Scott, it just seems Scott Brown was furious. <laughs> Scott Brown, I've never, I mean, and this is saying something. I've never seen Scott Brown so angry. What? Are you sure? Basically, they, they showed them doing this coned warm up thing. And if you haven't seen it, you probably will find it online. Upturn corn, like traffic corn with looking things with footballs on the top. Like the car on the first match. Yeah, shuffle just doing that. And then swapping the ball between the cones each yeah. time at the end, right? Mm. And I can't remember it was who was doing the coverage, the host. It might have been Seema, maybe. And she said to Scott Brown, Scott, have a look at this. You, know, you think about going to management. Do you think you'd do this as a warm up? And they cut to him and he's just sneering. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I'll rule that one out. Oh. Like, Scott, I can say something. <laughs> you know. So um yeah, it was it was strange. I don't think it set the right tone, did it? I think it's just a bit yeah. naff, isn't it? The story that old Don I think it's Don Hutchison tells about a Scotland player in Brazil in the first game of World Cup ninety eight, where they're all doing shuttle runs in the tu- in the tunnel because mm. the, the opening ceremony's overrun and one of them caught through the window the Brazil team who were just dancing around in their kit. <laughs> and they were like, we're fucked. We are fucked here. And to be fair, they went pretty close, Scotland, in that game. But it's a bit like Ukraine. Like, right, we've got to get off this. It's a must-win game for us. And they look over and they're doing that. <laughs> Good news is we're playing against eight-year-olds on a sports day, doing dads and kids fucking games. There's part of me that kind of likes it in a way, because it's like, it takes me back to the World Cup, where like Senegal were amazing, weren't they? They'd always be dancing mm, before yeah. the match. And they were always having a great time. Well, this is just a little bit embarrassing. But that was quite cool. Yeah, that this was is cool. But if they'd, but if they'd cool. have got something out of this match, you're like, well, look, maybe maybe the Barcelonas of this world <laughs> could learn a thing or two. It's, it's so true because football coverage, if, if Masa, North Macedonia won that game, we'd be going, oh yeah. man, maybe that's the secret. <laughs> but, but there was a mad period in the second half. I felt really sorry for the Ukraine keeper, Georgi Bouchan, oh, who, no. who made one of the best saves you'll ever see. So right? good. Uh, the defender just goes I'll sort this out <laughs> piles in concedes a penalty which he then saves and the guy scores the rebound it's, it was such a so hit annoying. Yeah. so uh, annoying what? There's been, it's been an interesting theme I think about um, penalties in this tournament Being not missed. many have been scored mm. it's, only it's bizarre a, only two have been scored bring on the shoot one was Cristiano and the other was that one no it wasn't scored because he saved it. He hit yeah. the rebound. Yeah. So Alioski scored his off. The, oh well, that doesn't count if it's off. The so there's only one been scored then, and it's Cristiano. That's decent, Is isn't it? Another one. That's fun. Yeah, there was another one. Ring on the shootout. Oh, Memphis, of course. Mem- there we yeah, go. Memphis. I knew there was Memphis another one. Memphis got the goal, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 been a bit odd. I don't know why that's happened. Do you think it's probably the nerves? Maybe the fans back in the stadium putting the pressure on. 
So, someone said Maybe. that Gareth Bale missed this because he saw himself on the big screen. It's like, he did. I mean, he did look up, didn't he? Yeah, but he of... knows the game is being filmed. He's well... an international footballer. He's like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, this wasn't part did of the deal. Did you see the penalty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible, but I don't think he was surprised that he was on TV. I, what? I think he needs an excuse because otherwise, what is the excuse for hitting it that, that bad? I think he, I think he looked up so at the bad. screen and he saw a little clip of the US Open. Go <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Um, let's discuss Yarmolenko. Mm. He's had a good tournament. I mean, the first goal, it, I mean, you, you can't miss that, I suppose. So you mean his second goal of the tournament to tap in? Yeah, the tournament. His first goal, yeah. you could miss that. Mm. Yeah, first, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I meant the first goal from yesterday's yeah, game. Yeah. He, I, he's an interesting one, isn't he, I think? Because for West Ham, we don't really get enough time to see him. He doesn't get enough minutes mm. for West Ham. But actually, for... The Ukraine, he's so important to them. And I think he's only a few goals away now from getting the record from Shevchenko as manager. Oh, and, f- and for me, it's like uh, Yaramchuk and Yarmolenko on the back of a shirt looks exactly the same. So he's <laughs> everywhere for me. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I always forget which number is who. But um, I very much enjoyed the uh, picking up the cork and the Heineken in the yes. press conference and going, Cork and Heineken, get in touch. Yeah, he wants very... an ad deal, doesn't he? <laughs> that, was How... real, that was a real dance move, that. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. I understand why there's a bit of a Ferrari back because it does look a bit kind of incongruous than being there but I'm thinking non-alcoholic beer how isotonic would it be because it's there's a lot of sugar in there presumably but it's not being fermented in, into into alcohol so presumably you could just have a bottle of it's sugar-free zero, and, yeah zero yeah zero alcohol on, on the touchline yeah. I'd love yeah. to see that footballers that glass great, bottles of booze so technically you could chug them while you're driving or whatever yeah, yeah. it's not a good I mean they'll probably take it out of the station for other reasons because you're cl- clearly making bad decisions yeah. I'd be checking that glove compartment that's all I'm saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. have you got um, a revolver in it yes I have this is going down a, an alley that I'm not comfortable with right Speaking of Yarmolenko, his injury problems have been mm. the thing that's dogged him. Like, obviously, serious Achilles injury a couple of years ago, which he was out for whatever it was, nine months or whatever. And he had some knee problems. He had he had the uh, he had the COVID as well. Yeah. So that's probably that's obviously a big part of the reason why we've not seen him um, much for West Ham. He missed like thirty odd games when he first signed for them. So, um, but he's definitely got quality. I mean, his left foot yeah, is unbelievable. Mm. Like it's so good, and and it's one of those ones where you're not quite getting to Aryan Robin territory because Aryan Robin is a is a singular talent. Mm-hmm. But it was it is getting into that territory, particularly that first goal he scored in in, in the tournament where they know he's in a cut on his left and they can't stop him, mm. and and that's why he's so exciting to watch. I think. But I think Ukraine have got a re- decent. Decent team, really. I mean, yeah, I think they I think probably, so. they probably, they're warming into the tournament. I think, North, with respect to North Macedonia, a game against them probably helped Ukraine because they can at least go right. We're better than these, so let's see what we can do. And they were able to get the win against Netherlands. is a bit different because they didn't manage the game that well. They came roaring back, and then they got sucker punched, and that would have taken the wind out their sails in a big way. So for them to get back on the on the horse with a win is really big. So it'd be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah. Definitely. All right, let's talk about tonight's big match. England versus Scotland. I'm excited. Are we all excited? Where are we watching it, boys? I've, I'm in the sports zone in a pub. Are you? Because <laughs> the, the problem with like nowadays, you've got to book tables and some tables don't become available until like half time. And like, why have you done that? Yeah. Just give me a block of the match or yeah. the before the match or after the match, whatever. What I'm thinking is, what other zones are there in that pub? Is it like <laughs> the Crystal Maze? <laughs> yeah, it's like one's medieval. <laughs> 
one's futures on and yeah, don't one's... get stuck at drinking mead <laughs> watching uh, watching the jousting very heavy is very there heavy is there like a like a book zone where you, you have to be really quiet <laughs> in the library zone yeah you're definitely in the sports zone though the yeah? corn zone where you've got Macedonians North, Mac- North Macedonians <laughs> yeah. with their corns well, if you're in the sports zone don't I mean you can't complain technically if they just put the golf on yeah. that, is, that is sport if I just scream there's too much sport in here let me out <laughs> well listen Pete's supposed to be on the show tomorrow so you better make it back alive from the sports well, zone mm. I'll, I'll be watching it at home and you'll be on the telly won't you so I'll be watching it in the studio and we'll then... be on the telly in Australia it's not yeah, proper telly is it's it fine I'll be watching it in the green room yeah I'm not on until half ten, so oh, okay, yeah. might even have a cheeky drink before. There we go. Don't oi tell oi. anyone. Oi oi. Oi oi. I've just told everyone. Heineken zero zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yeah. kind of drink. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, it should be a cracker. This is the one that no one wants to lose, England or Scotland. Scotland actually need to win it, though, if they want to give themselves a chance of getting through after losing their first game. But I think it's going to be feisty, obviously, being at Wembley. There are so many Scottish fans in London. They've taken over the city. They've literally taken over. We were talking about this earlier. There was a man in front of me who was coming down the stairs at at Euston, obviously, uh, the big big Glasgow train, and the big one. And, uh, yeah, he had his, his suitcase. He had... Uh, very curly uh, red hair a kind of like flat cap and flares and I was like this is like an 80s Scottish fan <laughs> sounds like the lead singer of ACDC who's <laughs> <laughs> a Geordie I think yeah. Um, yeah I was in the pub yesterday and there were a lot I mean it was completely overrun by I very drunk Scottish I people. I love it. And there was an impromptu big game of um, football being, ha- like a 50-a-side football match happening in the pedestrianised bit outside King's Cross Station between <laughs> Scottish Brilliant. people. Because um, that's where all the cheap kind of hostely kind of yeah, hotels are. Isn't it? I yeah. guess well, that's where they might all be because they're down for down for a, a few days or whatever. I, I, the, one, the ones I spoke to, let's be fair, the ones that spoke to me, uh, <laughs> you got them, accosted. Didn't yeah, you? none yeah. of them, none of them seem to think that Scotland have much of a chance. They seem yeah. like I, 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 literally three or four of the different conversations I had with different Scottish fans yesterday were saying um, that we want to have a good time, we're here to enjoy it. You know, don't think we'll do much. And they all, all of them, which is something that's never really. I can remember happening before when I've spoken to Scottish fans saying that England have got a really, really good team and mm. you know, they, they, they think they look great. So I think England have obviously got an amazing chance, but they've got to manage the game. They've got, they've got to play the game on the occasion, as we said earlier. Um, and it does really depend how Scotland approach it. I think the interesting thing about this game in the group is that Scotland did okay against Czech Republic, but they didn't come away with anything. And now they know they've got a real mountain to climb. Mm. It's a real pivotal moment how they approach this game because they might say, do you know what? We've got a better chance against Croatia because mm. we're not going to be at Wembley and it's you know it's not the old enemy it's not a derby so maybe we'll just approach this game tonight that we'll keep it as tight as we can mm. and then we'll target the Croatia game just be really hard to break down but that's a risk right because if, if it's a massive risk but and, and but I, the problem is though guys i think I, I massively think that if Scotland open up and try and go for England they'll get cut to pieces mm. i think it will play into England's hand hugely england have got so many good attacking um, mm. players McGinn so can only do so much <laughs> and McGinn and Jack Grealish are best friends aren't they yeah. so there's, talk, there's been a lot of talk about how they both like to play and like to, um, probably they're going to end up kicking lumps out of each other do you reckon Grealish. Grealish will start though no no I think I think it's been reported this morning that Shaw and James are going to start fullback. Mm-hmm. I expected them as I said yesterday to make quite a few changes I don't think he'll start with Grealish though no so. Kieran Tinney is back for Scotland though he's big. fit mm. that is that's, that's huge for way. them because they, they massively missed him in the first game um, Andy Robertson as well said that he doesn't think that Scotland are as respected by England supporters as he would like. Mm. A little bit yeah. of a dig there. Well, look, if you consume um, uh, British media, 
there is obviously a, a bias that I would find incredibly annoying, incredibly upsetting, <laughs> and, a lot, and we're probably part of that to a certain extent. But and and, and we certainly got a lot of uh, emails and tweets um, from from the Welsh contingent who listen to this show. But like they're sort of saying that we're kind of fools for predicting them to, to be at the bottom of the table to find it very difficult in this year. But like on the Welsh side of things, like temporary manager, they were quite unconvincing in the first match, like. <laughs> and England have excellent footballers yeah. in, in, I, I in think, this. So, so like we, we can back England as a, as a level-headed kind of entity, I would say. I think listeners should be very clear that we can't predict the future. <laughs> Just so as we much think. as we like yeah. to try. And, and our projection is we're worried about our own team. Like yeah. As an England fan, I, I'm worried well, about worried England. About everything. I'm worried about everything. <laughs> I'm worried about my trousers. So I think, I, I think, I think it depends how... Yeah, so to me, if they play like Adams and Dykes up front, that's kind of st- that's a bit of a statement of intent, really. Yeah. And if they can, if well, they he can... has to play them both after start. not starting sure, Adams yeah. in the last game. But then, but then he could just play he Adams and play so them much, much better more. with them both on the pitch. But if they go to make it, yeah, but that's against Czech Republic. Yeah, and they're at home. They, 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 they I think uh, this is not meant to be patronising to Scotland. I'd like to see them do well. I've got a huge affinity and and I feel like a really spiritual connection to Scotland. I love it as a country, but. They need to make this game stodgy tonight to get something, in my opinion, because England are a much better team. And that's a fact. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't mean Scotland can't win. Doesn't mean they won't be upset. Doesn't mean a derby isn't a derby. Of course it is. And they've got talented individual players. They play Tierney and Robertson. And they've got, um, if McGinn can have a good game, if McTominay can, can play really well, if Adams can bully Stones and Mings, because I think Stones can be bullied, actually, when he's not on, mm. on form. So it's, the ingredients are there for a really good game. But I personally believe that Scotland's best chance is to make it really stodgy. And they might nick it. Um, if they open up, a header. If, yeah, <laughs> if they open up, they'll get beaten. It's, it's mm. as simple as that. It's going to be lively. Can't it wait. Uh, we've been asking you guys to tell us your best memories from previous England Scotland games on Twitter, Luke. Yes, we have. Uh, Dave, Dave's been in touch saying uh, my favourite memory is my dad getting married for the Euro '96 game, which meant I missed the whole thing, and then he got married again in 2019 as the Rugby World Cup <laughs> final kicked off. Um, he picks some bad dates, doesn't he? Yeah, that's nice. Uh, Sam Tennant says, has to be that game from Euro 96. Don't really remember what happened as they never seem to show it on TV. <laughs> I think he might be Scottish. Uh, Rat Football Ramble Book Club uh, alumnus, uh, Julie Welch. Hello to you, Julie. Says, uh, my memory is being chatted up by Bruce, Bruce Rioch on the plane back from Hamden in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great story. Wonderful. A, a, a nice story. And I'll finish for now with the beautifully titled the Macaroni Prince. Uh, my friend told me earlier that Barry Ferguson was going to mark Henderson out of the game, not being aware that Barry has been retired <laughs> for a long time. Can I throw in a quick one from Skewy? Go on. Uh, very, uh, quite a romantic uh, image. I watched the 2000 playoffs in Thailand. I'm in a bar called Faulty Towers in Chewing Beach in Koh Samui. The first leg was 9pm, but the next was at 1.45am. It was an amazing atmosphere with both sets of fans and then onto the beach to watch the sunrise. Oh, oh, oh mate, romantic. get me a big bucket of Red Bull. Yeah, lovely. It sounds like you'll 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 be promoting marriage, Pete. Won't you? <laughs> Very nice. Oh, I cannot wait for <laughs> it's it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, Phil Foden's had a top up on the hair dye as well. Pete, big fan of that. Look, I bleached my hair last year in a uh, what can I be described as a lockdown crisis, and uh, it, it, hair bleach doesn't count for shit no more. It doesn't bleach anything. It's, it's they've probably got rid of all the nasties since I last bleached it when I was like I, nineteen. I told you my mate got kicked out of the bathroom by his older brother. To trying to bleach his hair right. and it wasn't there for long enough and my mate's older brother was like I don't fucking care get out of the bathroom I'm going out tonight I need to get ready so he made him wash it out and he just went weirdly <laughs> Orangey, goldy yellow yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. So Rubbish. You, were you pleased with the result of yours? No, terrible. And then I tried to diet brown, wouldn't go back to brown. <laughs> I actually like the colour it's turned into. Uh, what colour now? How would you describe it? it golden. Golden. Piss. Golden lock. Piss. <laughs> piss hair Donny. <laughs> and trust me, the gutters of North London were, were running with piss last night. <laughs> uh, and just before we go, it's time to announce the very first winner of our Patreon competition. I know you've been looking forward to this. So thanks to our mates at Toshiba, we're giving away 65-inch TVs every Friday throughout Whoa. the Euros. And it's today massive. is a Friday. It's massive. Can is I enter? Because I'm moving house soon and I'm scared I'm going to break my Toshiba telly. <laughs> if the first <laughs> winner is Pete Donaldson, <laughs> something would have gone all right. I can tell you, but it's not you, Pete Donaldson. Uh. Enter more times next time. Our first winner actually is... Alfie Ellis! Oh, Alfie you did the Ellis. Drum roll. Sorry, I didn't. Sorry, it's I didn't all right. Play. That's fine. Alfie, Alfie doesn't mind. He's getting a TV oh. at the end of the day. Well done, Alfie. Well done, Alfie. Lovely. Uh, right, all you got to do to win next week is to sign up to our Patreon, where you'll also get bonus weekly podcast episodes and all the Ramble shows ad-free. How nice. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash football ramble. It is the big one tonight. It's England, Scotland. Enjoy the game wherever you're watching it. Luke, Pete, you're going to be back tomorrow to talk about that match yeah. and you're going to be here with Marcus and I hope the show starts with an easy, easy. or a big stramash. Yeah, big stramash. There you go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Have a bloody good time wherever you're watching it and we'll see you soon. See ya. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.